Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Superfan Chats. It is I, your Lord Crumpet, here once again Wait. to lead you through some fantastic episodes. I know I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> so you know, pull up a pew and have—is it pull up a pew and have a cute brew? Yeah, yeah, pull I'll up a, a pew. pew like a yeah. bench. Yeah. 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 yeah, pull up a pew and have a brew. There we go. We're changing it up a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. So today we're going through episodes 70 to 72. Um, so spoiler warning for those episodes. If you've not had a listen yet, we're going to be delving very deep into those three specifically. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to them, go away, listen, and then come back to us. Pause whilst I wait for you to go away. Uh, these episodes have so much lore and obviously the ones before it as well so much lore in them just just go listen to them they're so good they are it is like no combat at all like literally Mm -hmm. just lore and history and so much information to process like genuinely i had to re-listen a couple of times before we started recording this just to kind of get my head around it all but i think i think we're good now definitely it's been the last few episodes i have been like biting my nails and yeah re-listening so i don't miss any details i classically before doing a super fan chats i listened to the episodes on two times speed just because you know i can get through the things and i remind myself and then i slow myself down for the detail bits i had to slow it down so much for these three episodes to just make sure that i got everything right i pretty much ended up listening to on like (laughs) 0.5 
Yeah, I met in the middle and did 1.5. I was mm. like, two is too fast, one is too slow. 1.5, okay, that's the good yep. speed. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. <laughs> there was also a bit in these episodes where I think Orin did like a almost like an advert disclaimer, which then, you know, obviously those bits, are, there's no breath in it at all. But a little, little, little like that, but that on two times speed was ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that I yeah, remember yeah. that one bit having to slow down and go, wait, hold on a second, that, that. But everything else, I pretty much caught up with. I just forced my brain to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's um, it's so good having the two hands together. Um, yes, even though I'm a hello. little bit worried, um, the universe not quite imploding yet, but there's still time. We have Soon. caused a rift Soon. in the space-time continuum. Yeah, yeah. There's the wibbly wobbly, <laughs> tiny wimey things going on at the moment. There's some kind of paradox <laughs> happening somewhere in the universe. <laughs> no, I love, definitely. I love the idea that we've now created one of those alternate timeline things, and exactly. I wonder which timeline are we in. Oh yeah, that's god, a good point. Which what would happen living? if Hannah was like this, and this <laughs> Hannah was like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would happen if you were like differently placed on the video chat? Like, oh no, in this version. Hannah T is up in the top left corner, but in the other version, <laughs> so, uh, the, the Lord Crumpet is up in the top left. And, oh, the changes that will happen. <laughs> also, oh. can I say how awesome it is that we have Superfan Sam here? Yeah, it's been, it's, yeah. it's been a little while since I've been in this chair. It's been so long. We've missed you. Oh, I've missed you guys. Well, you have I mean, been you've been very important things, busy doing so. some like life stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 a couple of things. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and that is also for the listeners. If you hear a screaming baby in the background, uh, that would be my little boy Robin. But hopefully he's being quiet because he's with his mummy, and you know she's she's taking good care of him today. You made that. You I made did. That. I know. You made that. You made a whole human. I know. I always a thought natural that, um... twenty for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that no small questions was the crowning achievement of my life, but apparently it's a little child. Um, um, but I won't <laughs> be knows? handing my child over to you, Hannah. I might, I might keep Robin for myself. Um, <laughs> you're doing a wonderful job with no small questions, but it's my child. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If anybody has met me and tried to have me a baby, they will have seen a look of pure terror upon my face. <laughs> I, um, I, wear, I wear this face daily. It's, I'm a, <laughs> oh, I'm a distant appreciator of the babies. I'm not so great. Up close. You hide behind the sofa, basically. <laughs> Say, oh, it's a, li- cute from a little afar. bit. A little bit. My anxiety of potentially hurting tiny baby or just doing something wrong is so intense that I'm like, you guys know what you're doing. You you hold them. I will appreciate <laughs> over here. To be fair, I was a bit like that on the on the first day. I had no idea what I'm doing. Now it's just you know it's oh you got to be careful with everything. Oh, does the leg go into this little sleep suit? And now you're just like ram it in. Get the baby. Get the baby <laughs> oh, there, dressed. Stop it screaming. Aren't you walking yet? Come on. It's yeah. been like days. Come on. Exactly. Get out. Why aren't you talking? We need you on the stage. We need you on the stage. And this is how you roll a dice. So just just take this hand like this and eh, there you go. And now we're going to design a character. <laughs> I, I meant to do this for um, baby David, obviously, because he was in the last NSQ and I just I just didn't get a chance to get the question in. But, you know, I was going to ask mm. him how long before he's setting up a, a, a DM'd game for the kids and, you know, what kind of world it would be. Um, I, I genuinely can't wait for that. This, this our kids are playing D and D. It's going to happen with with two oh, yeah. obsessive dads involved. Yeah, and I kind of 
I want to play in this world. I don't mind how many kids are in it. I, <laughs> I want a chaperone <laughs> and have David oh. DM for us. I love how we've gotten so distracted with baby talk, though. We need to... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, no, it is. It's fine. Like, it happens. <laughs> this no, is I mean, the I... no small roles of the future, you know? That's true, to be fair. We're starting a legacy. It's super important. And do you know what? It only took us like 10 minutes. We've got like, what, 10 minutes left of recording time? We can cram three episodes into then. It's not like... <laughs> 100%. It's not like there's loads of detail in these episodes. Nah. No, no, just listen to it on two times speed and we'll be absolutely fine. I'll just exactly. talk at that level. Yeah, we're all fast talkers. We could do that. In which case, let's let's jump in then. Who who had the first episode? Me. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Episode 70, which is called What Lies Beneath. Ooh. What does lie beneath? So this episode... Uh, I was basically scream texting Grace as I listened to it. Like, great. I could not contain myself because after the last one where they're like creeping around Chargelt Hall, this is finally where we actually get quite a lot of payoff. Mm -hmm. Loads of stuff that has been building. So they base it basically starts with them in this room that they found where there is a henge mm-hmm. and there is a big force field holding back Lake Aira. The entire lake. <laughs> and they're all still invisible. The only person who can see them is Orin because of his ability to see invisible things. So that leads to some quite interesting comedy uh, later and lots of, do people know that I am doing this? Can anyone tell that I am doing this thing? Yeah, lots there was a fair bit of that, wasn't there? It's like, I'm going to do this discreetly. Dude, you're invisible. Yeah. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and just making sure the other party members are aware of like what each other are doing because they can't see each other. So they decide to investigate the hell out of this room, which is a large chunk of this episode. Uh, it's pretty much the entire first two thirds of the episode is them investigating the room and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and basically what they find because Orin is broken and can just investigate everything and everything is like over 20 with all his checks. Uh, What they find is that the henge has been fabricated. So this is not a naturally occurring henge. It's actually different to all the other henges. It's been created. And uh, something that Chris says is they're trying to Jurassic Park this thing, which I think mm-hmm. was just like one of my yeah. favorite things that Chris said in the episode. Um, I also really loved uh, the access amulet because it just felt like a very glorified like video game swipe card where it was like, yeah. you just swipe, like there's literally no reason to have this. You've just oh, swiped. Oh, look, the access amulet. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, here's the access card. Boop. Okay, now we're in the room. It is utterly useless, but it will sit in your inventory for the next five hours of this game. It's yeah. So there's lots of scrolls and diagrams everywhere. I mean, Orin is basically in heaven. Yeah. He becomes an information investigation machine, and lots and lots of this episode is just lore. It's just like digging into this lore that they found. Yeah, I mean, this this room was effectively like nerd porn. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. it was and they, like, were all, they were all jumping in on it. Like, oh, <laughs> they absolutely. Were all no, and you know what? Juna had some decent roles, but um, Gwen and Enkidu 
did not. They were very distracted by the whole situation. Yeah, it, it was just amazing. This is where you had to pay like really close attention. So some of the things that really stood out were there was um, a written note in the research about the henges saying more occasion research required. Yeah. Who is guardian of the crown? Yeah, I picked up on that as well. Which, <laughs> uh, what the fuck, guys? Orkosh? Are we going to have a jaunt to Orkosh? Are we going to find Gwen's mum? This is, I oh mean, my God. obviously, I hope so. Yes. I, I yeah. didn't know whether Guardian of the Crown referred to, like, Rumat Tarabal's crown. Like, it, it, you know, I didn't, yeah, I, I had all, all sorts of questions. Is it an Orkosian crown? It, does it go way back mm-hmm. to some other, like, you know, um, lineage of, of kings before Rumat Tarabal? Or is mm-hmm. this connected to the kind of weird mad king thing that we're going on? Yeah, um, I'm still yeah. I'm still questions about this at the moment. Yeah, so that and as well, you know, is it the crown? You know, who's the guardian of the crown? Like, is the crown a role, or is it actually like a physical crown? And are they talking mm-hmm. about actually more like an artifact, which yeah. is would be required ah, for a, a ritual? Point. So that was sort of some questions that came up. They fig- they basically found through investigating that there are lots of other henges. The next note was the one that said how to deploy quickly yes servelt's ritual Mm. impossible if stones are immovable referring to the stones of this created henge i would assume i mean it wasn't completely confirmed but it was heavily implied and man fucking kral we knew he was gonna come (laughs) back like even in death he's still spooking the pie yeah and this links all the way back to the very first arc where mm-hmm. David has linked this Savelt's ritual here in this note to the diary that they found in Tillisham. Yes. I also have a worry about that because um, I'm pretty sure the diary is now in the consortium's hands after they got arrested. So yeah. yeah. Does that mean so... that they now have the ritual information? <laughs> And from what I remember about that ritual is it had something to do with Rumath Tarabor and David highlights something about um, Rumath has his ritual and I have his favour. Yeah. And there was some back and forth about what does favour mean? Does it mean favour is in like, you know, being looked upon well or does it actually mean like a physical, like a medieval sort of favour? Yeah. Like, again, a physical thing. Like a crown. Like a crown or like, you know, some sort of artifact that could be part of the ritual. So that, I just love it when the narrative threads start pulling together. Yeah. And but it's still, it's still questions though. Like th- I know. And this is was... what is maddening. Uh, you I know. know. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's like, but... oh, oh, we think we're going to get the resolution. No, no, actually what this has done is branched it off into like a million more questions in all different directions. Like what is, Yeah. I mean, there, there, so, there was another. There was another question that this this episode made me wonder because they were talking about you know uh, reincarnation and people taking bodies of people and Petrogranius not necessarily being Petrogranius anymore because they found a different version of all the previous Arcanists. Made me wonder, like, are they doing that with Rumath Tarabor? Could Gilgamesh be a reincarnation of Rumath Tarabor? Would that then make yep. Enkidu the guardian oh. of the crown? Like, yeah, and is I was there just... something about this that induces some kind of madness? Like, yeah. is that the issues yeah. with the madness? Is that it's is actually... the madness a split personality thing that you've got going on? Like, yeah, I, is it I, to again, do with yeah. being the same spirit in different bodies constantly throughout the ages? Um, but yeah, basically, 
when that whole thing about Savelt came up, it was like, David! (laughs) 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 You're a genius and also you're taunting us. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I really felt like I needed to go back and just listen to all of it again from the very beginning. Like, I feel like I need to listen to all of No Small Roles again now because there's so yeah. much that could be connected and that's been hinted at and we've had so many theories uh one of them again semi-resolved but not really about the faceless footman like previously in mm-hmm. the previous episodes but mm. um what they kind of have again semi-confirmed kind of assumed sort of it's like this is probably what's happening it's not 100 percent, but it, this is what seems like is happening is um that Chargelt, the original consortium member, has basically been taking over bodies of high circle members who have been living in Chargelt Hall for the last 600 years. Yes. Like that oh, is yeah. the assumption they have made in this episode, having seen all the the chamber where they I think they said it was about um, splitting spirits from bodies um, mm. and then uh, the room with all the beheaded ghosts in the bell jars. You know, that yeah. that whole situation, it became like pretty, pretty clear that yeah. Chargelt is inhabiting And, how, and then people. how intrinsically linked is that to the Wingthrops and what they're doing, you know, what Erida's doing? Because we've seen a spirit be removed from its body and a new body made for it with Enkidu, with the, the, right. the chamber of like arcane magical electricity. Like, is that what happens when you walk in the middle of these obelisks? Right. <laughs> right now, who knows? Yeah. How much are they all linked? Um, yeah, yeah, scary. Um, there's so there's so much lore in this, you guys. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so many freaking questions. We're not even halfway through. <laughs> I know. We've now learned that there's a whole bunch of other henges in the world as well. Like I was excited yes. when we knew about one, and then when we saw what I think was a kind of artificial henge that they've been building in the Golden Forest. You know the. The one that um, Enkidu recognised was using like sympathy magic and had that symbol in the middle, but had a similar kind of henge uh, yeah. structure yep. to it. And now a new artificial henge. And we also yep. have the one in in Twain Tide. We've got the Fallo- Fallopian yep. Hills one. The Fallopian Hills. Torbear Bog. Yep. The Ash Henge. Well, like, okay, all, all so these, this, this so this was the next bit, right? Like this was the interesting thing. The next bit, the research mentioned a henge in the Fallopian Hills and one in Twain Tide. Never got very mm-hmm. excited that the spoons actually had a purpose and they could go <laughs> resolve the spoons because there's a henge there now. Um, and also the one in Orkosh is called Ash Henge. And then there were some mm. excellent Pokemon references. Again, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but there was nothing in the research about the Torbear Bog Henge. So that is something that only Juna knows, it would appear. And the Children of Havoc, obviously. Yes, and the Children yeah, of, of Havoc. <laughs> oh, the Children of Havoc. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so Juna decides she's going to check in with Ginger and give her a message and ask <laughs> if she knows anything. And Ginger basically sounds like she's making everything up. Uh, and she's like, oh, you do what you think is right. It's all destiny. Uh, and they're all like, oh, my God. Ginger <laughs> is just spouting bollocks. But we also learn that she's about two weeks away climbing a mountain. <laughs> So we will eventually Ginger. get to meet Ginger, I'm sure. Just this impending force that's slowly making her way towards them. And I'm, she could potentially have all the answers and yet maybe none at this point. Yep. I would I would love it if she does have loads of answers <laughs> and this is just David's way of delaying 
that information getting across if he's just like oh yeah she's just in another continent but she's gonna turn up and be like right everyone let's go right back to the beginning it'll be three episodes of compact lore yeah it's just all flashbacks just the whole thing is just ginger and juna's journey and then that's it that's the three episodes i mean i'm here for that that would be Mm -hmm. awesome i would 100 percent love a spin-off series called ginger's journey and it just fill in those weeks (laughs) of what what ginger was up to Yes. Can we commission? Can we commission a spin-off series, a little right. one-shot? We need, a, we need a ginger. I want to see like, an animated version. Great. Yeah, animated version where you can see like literally she's like pushing through swamps and like. Oh climbing my god! Over it'd be mountains. so Studio Ghibli. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. the moments just popping in with messages from Juno. It's like not now, Juno. I'm busy, like holding over the mouth of a crocodile or something. Like ah, just do what you want. I don't care. Do you reckon she chats to herself the whole way as well? I kind of have this image of her like constantly talking talking to herself it's like oh i've got to climb this mountain now <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing yes be so amazing i mean that's canon i believe that entirely just oh, blah, 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 blah. i'm just gonna do this now <laughs> 100%. We love so they decide because there's so much stuff they basically decide they are going to take as much of these papers as possible and then i think it's gaius who figures out that there is essentially a panic button which is like flood the room wash everything away so they sort of have a little debate about what they're going to do should we flood it should we try and pin this on the children of havoc while the children of havoc don't have a mark so technically we could they won't know it's us or will they you know it's a real like what do we do and guy does this very clever thing where he writes a note which tries to make it look like treya has given orders to assassinate an arcanist and destroy the research so even if they flood it if someone tries to restore something hopefully that note will be there if they manage to restore any evidence kind of like a csi sort of thing like yeah if they do any forensics <laughs> they find this completely destroyed piece of paper like sodden and yep. watery and they're like we must rebuild it yeah this is clearly important <laughs> information just this one specific piece of paper feels yeah. really important somehow yep sorry my cat has just joined oh hey kitty <laughs> for oh, some reason God. for a moment it looked a bit like a martini glass because the cat's wearing a, a cone of shame she is wearing I was a just cone like, of shame are you pulling olives out of the top of- no you're just giving, giving no she wants me to scratch her little face because she's not allowed <laughs> she's, she's derailing the important lore of the episode oh no no so we're back to talking about babies again right um <laughs> oh no <laughs> well okay um, good so- choice bad choice to, to to flood it what do we think well oh, there's a big debate around it and this is where i i'm really interested and where i basically texted grace in all capitals the moral compass of this group is spinning. Yeah. <laughs> it is just like wild where they basically decide they are going to flood the room and mm-hmm. we can discuss whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But essentially they decide they're going to do it. So they decide they're going to flood the room and then use the Homewood key to go through the Homewood door to escape Chargat Hall completely. And just as they're leaving they realise they have been being spied on Uh the entire time by Giggles, who they trap in the room. That is flooding. I was wondering, though... Giggles get trapped? I was... Do they they get out of the door? I don't know. I mean, they... 
how much time yes. before water comes down? Like, you know, it could have easily got out into the corridor, but there was definitely a nice moment of satisfaction where I thought, ha, <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they just, they just kind of go, oops, and shut the door behind them, leaving Giggles Guess to work you'll out. you'll just drown. Am I Sorry. going to have the full force of an entire lake come crashing down <laughs> upon me? Or am I going to be able to escape before that happens? Uh, good luck, Giggles. We'll see where that goes. I'm sure David's yeah. got plans for that. I wonder if they're still laughing. Um, sure. <laughs> issues not resolved, though, because once they go through the Homewood door, of course, that leads to Heron Ilwin's house. Oh, how good was this bit? The oh. guy who oh, is great. The, the, the head honcho, it seems, of the Children of Havoc, or at least deeply involved, if not the mm-hmm. one in charge. Um, mm-hmm. So they kind of, they basically case the entire house. Uh, Orin looks for scrying orbs. There's an illusory image of Kierda in the living room. Yeah. But like, no one is there. It's really spooky, really eerie. And everyone decides... The best plan of action is to rob Heron blind. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. they so easily could not have found that money. Um, they went upstairs. They find a secret drawer. They take 10 bags full of coins, which ends up being, I think, like 10,000 gold worth yep, of platinum. About that. Yeah, about that. it's yep. so much. <laughs> and which, they're um... like, let's take all of it. And then they're like, no, nah, we'll leave him a bit. We'll take, out of the 15 we found, we'll just take 10. We'll take two thirds of his wealth. That's the morally right thing to do. Only take 10. And I was like... I I liked the... Again, this is... Chris played Guy so well through this episode. He had so many good moments, but the whole like, oh yeah, you know, if he's good, we can give it back. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't peg Heron for a money under the mattress kind of guy, but I guess... I didn't also peg him for being in charge of the Children of Havoc. So I don't know. I feel like you came <laughs> up with that theory a while ago, but you thought that he was bad in other ways. We oh. did, we didn't know about the Children of Havoc at this point. <laughs> Jesus, no. But I was one hundred percent suspicious that I was yeah. like, yeah. you should not trust this man. And they were all like, we trust this man. And I was like, oh, guys, no, no. The show he's just not. gives everyone trust issues. It's just quite bad. <laughs> the thing is, though, right? Given all the different factions that we have seen. I don't know if the children of Havoc are particularly bad. Mm, like, I'm I not sure where know. they sit on the scale of dark light balance. Like The first time we saw the faceless footmen, they were just murdering random people. Or at least we believe they're random. Now I'm wondering if there was some kind of, like, orchestrated it chaos to those moments. It might have been more strategic. Yeah. Because well, with the second I mean. attack, it was a lot more strategic and it was very much an act of, like, you know like protest and like rioting and like targeting those people yeah so i know what you mean it just it also makes me wonder because i'm guessing the children of havoc and the arcanist consortium are working against each other because obviously they picked up pedigree and i'm wondering you know if we're looking at crowl's things about the prophecy of flames floods all of that sounds quite chaotic titans tearing the world asunder a henge being opened uh makes me wonder about them being gateways to say places where there are flames and floods other dimensional portals and stuff you know mm. is it a, 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 a henge is this a key to a cage uh for some kind of horrific entity yeah these all th- seem like very chaotic things to me that i'm starting to wonder whether that prophecy is more about them and them getting to some kind of power and that being the future that Kral has seen mm. uh yeah there's there's 
Again, so many possibilities. I'm, I'm, I'm all question marked. Yeah, um, and I'm just like excited though. <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard to tell because David is so good at layering these things. Whether, yeah. as you say, is it is it layer one purely havoc, like just causing trouble against the Arcanist Consortium, in which case that actually is a good thing, considering what the Arcanists are trying to do and Chargelt mm. and all that situation. Is it layer two that actually it's on purpose and there's like a like a level to it where they're actually looking like they're against the consortium, but they're actually working with them in a way to bring Kral's future to pass? Yeah. Or is it a third layer where it looks like they're doing that, but actually they're sabotaging from the inside in a carefully orchestrated, like who knows? Yeah. So I don't know if Heron Ilwin, he's definitely not trustworthy, but I don't know if he's, he's let's nick 10 grand untrustworthy <laughs> this is it. They, they all they all seem to have these weird kind of um you're talking about the like morality compass of the of the party oh my god like, all of all these over people the fucking place. Found seem to have like <laughs> juna's famous light and dark within them and yes. you're kind of wondering how much of it is dark because you know i, I don't know who the party can trust at this point yeah. i don't think they can really yeah. trust anyone yeah, um, that's the thing. Everyone they meet from now on, there's this layer of we don't know who you're fighting for, and even if we did know who you're fighting for, we don't know the reason why. For all yeah. we know, their intentions could be good, but like we can't say at all. Like the amount of encounters we've had with the Hex and the Children of Havoc, that would be like, oh yeah, of course they're all bad. Everyone's bad, but now that it's within the consortium, we're like, okay, no, but is it or is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said with your layer thing, you put it perfectly. Like, we just do not know what anyone's intentions are. Yeah. And so we're just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And it's this lovely, mad, maddening mix of, like, what happens to morality when you are surrounded by incredibly questionable people? Uh-huh. Like, what does that do to your moral compass and is doing bad things towards people who have done bad things a morally right decision or does it just make you bad like there's so much where it's like you probably like people don't like decent people probably don't steal 10 grand but is that 10 grand from nefarious purposes and are they repurposing it for a good thing where it won't go then go towards like doing harm like it's a really mm-hmm. like basically we're just swimming in a massive gray soup of morally gray questionable decisions that are Comes incredibly confusing down on top of you like lake Hera, basically pretty <laughs> much and i'm loving it um and basically this episode ends with them sneaking out of the district by disguising themselves and forging documents oh brilliant so Oh, but that was such a tense moment. Oh that was God. so good. Of like, Juna, you get checked. Ah! <laughs> oh my God. I was yeah. I was on the edge of my seat listening. Yeah. And then I immediately texted Grace and was like, I need the next episode now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I, right now. I lost yeah. hair during that episode. There was yep. so, <laughs> so much stress and yep. information. Giving blood, sweat, tears and hair yeah. to this <laughs> podcast. Yep. Oh, uh, speaking of, should we just crack on with the next episode? <laughs> I, I think it's probably wise. Uh, this one was it's actually time. mine because uh, it, it 
It's episode 71, Tipple Timeouts. Uh, so basically the group um, were making their way towards uh, Drake's, but then Gwen turns around and says that actually going to Drake's probably not the best idea. And they decide to go to uh, a brothel instead. They go back to the Tipple where the um, the, the, the caddy All of holding came places. from. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? But actually... Maybe she didn't mean it this way, but a great way of being discreet because they are very much like everything within these. Uh, they speak to Rufus, who we spoke, um, uh, Gwendolyn had spoken to before, and it's very much like everything here is discreet. You were never here. Um, and they're able to uh, splash some of this new cash that they've got on some luxury rooms. Uh, so instantly they decide um, we should go spend some of it because there's things that we need. Uh, and then we're going to scry on Heron and get more Things information. Things that we need. Yeah, right. I mean, they, <laughs> they okay, spend Dias. a quarter of the money in one go. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, we need the fanciest rooms we can have at uh-huh. a brothel, please. Yes. And all the wine and all the fruits and everything else. <laughs> and other rooms, apparently, as well. <laughs> to be Business fair, expenses. it's kind of nice, though, because they've, they've never had a lot of money before. You know, they've had the odd... I think they had a grand that they split between them at one point. That was one of the payments from Heron, where they got like 200, 200 gold apiece. Um, and then that obviously went straight away on things that they needed it's kind of nice that they now have the money to spend it on what they want and just go a bit mad you know i mean in in what point in the game before have they has um a character like juna been able to go oh yeah go get me a gem worth a thousand gold and it's just like yeah sure we can do that yeah yeah that's um, true i mean it helps place the focus on other things as well because when money is no object it's kind of like ah, oh, here's all the things to help forward the plot here you go don't worry yeah. about it you've got all the money you could ever possibly want yeah. yeah 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 here's here's that access to those high level spells you've been desperately craving mm-hmm. you don't have to ration out that incense so you can call ruana back yeah exactly don't have to worry about that anymore so easy to get those herbs yeah. um, but now you've got yeah you've got an amethyst worth a thousand gold pieces and it's beautiful as well like the way that he was describing mm-hmm. it with the uh you say the stalagmites um like rising out of the top of it and stuff oh, so cool proper geode but yeah they basically they go out um it's guy gwen and orin um decide to go out and uh and get all of this stuff and they disguise themselves up to to be able to do it which has a funny little moment with rufus when they go out of the room and he's like wait actually i kind of dig it um <laughs> They get uh, a diamond worth 300 gold pieces. Uh, they're looking for reagents for the en- uh, enlarged reduce potions. Uh, Orin finally gets the rest of the components for his uh, night vision vi- um, visor. Uh, more gems for Enkidu worth 300 gold pieces. 250 gold pieces worth of traveling supplies, uh, like only the finest stuff that uh, Gwendolyn goes and gets for them. Um, they get most of this stuff apart from some of the things for the, the reduce potion. Um, so that might take a little bit more time for Orin to figure out how to get the Homeward Door. Um, but they do manage to haggle it down a bit. Uh, Gaius is uh, very cleverly uses Charm Person, which shouldn't come back to bite him in the ass because he looks like somebody else. Um, and they actually managed to not only get like 150 gold pieces off of the gem and like a whole bunch of extra things, they get healing potions thrown in on top of that for 600 gold pieces, including greater healing potions. Oh um, and they also get a Winthrop wand uh, thrown in as part of the a wand of secrets. Uh, I, which I think is... love the way you said shouldn't come back to bite them in the ass. Shouldn't. No, <laughs> but this is, this is a shouldn't. David campaign and anything can happen. You never know. Um, 
Well, this uh, is this is a somebody bit like... could have been sat in the corner watching them. Where's Giggles? We don't know. Giggles could have somehow made it back through the homeward door and is just like watching them. Oh, they got a wand of secrets. I'll feed that back to Pedigree. Well, um, as as well, this does feel a little bit like when Gwen was just like throwing her name around, where it's like, okay, yeah. you may look different, but people are going to notice people suddenly appearing and spending absolute shed loads of cash. Like in platinum, mm. yeah. that is not a, an everyday occurrence. Uh, as someone who has worked in retail a lot, you remember the people who hand you fifty pound notes. <laughs> yes, but she's got contouring now and slightly different haircut. <laughs> Could not possibly be the same hey, Caucasian hey, woman. She beat her face. Contour does a lot for people's faces. Trust, it's like true, that is some true, witchcraft yeah. right there. <laughs> We've all watched RuPaul. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Uh, so yeah, they it had, does they feel a little bit like the bit before a. Oh, sorry, it does feel a little bit like the bit before a big boss battle, though. You know, like yeah. when you stock up on supplies and then immediately afterwards you have to fight the, like the big bad. That yeah, that was, was the say. vibe I was getting. So I spent the whole episode like, oh no, who are they going to bring out next? Because they've got so many supplies. Yeah, they should have got more healing potions. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Erida. <laughs> yeah, I should have spent the whole ten grand. Uh, <laughs> I'd love, I, I would love it if they'd managed to spend like eight grand and thought we'd better go back for more. Uh, <laughs> gone back to the drawer to get it. Uh, but yeah, in the end, they end up spending about, uh, well, exactly actually, 2,410 gold pieces, Jeez. which is more money than they've had at any point in the campaign, I think. Um, but, wow. you know, nice to splash some cash. And then, of course, you chuck in the hundred and, I think it's about 120 gold all in all that they spend in their time. No, because Guy spends more as well. They probably spend about 130 gold in the tipple alone. And then he goes back and spends his own money having two and a half hours of rigorous (laughs) sex in the next episode as well. So, yeah, uh, they spent a lot of money in this joint. Um, But when they get back, they have everything that they need. Uh, There there is a cute little moment between Enkidu and uh, and Juno who decide to stay and bring Rowana back and you know they have a little chat about um their goals and their prospects for the future and Enkidu's very much like I want to know that the choices that I'm making are my own choices uh which I think yes that would be a nice thing for us all to know uh it's questions that we've been asking in this chat whether it actually happens is another thing yeah exactly that was was such a lovely chat though Mm. like it really was getting those moments between characters that don't usually interact with each other that much like we've had a lot of Gwenkidu obviously um but I really feel like the relationship between Juna and Enkidu we don't always get to see how that goes and it's really cute (laughs) yeah sorry I'm coining it (laughs) Enkiduna I love that oh (laughs) Enkiduna But yes, they now have all of the things they need uh, to do the scrying spells. Uh, Juna's first fifth level spell. Uh, she's a new amethysty orby thing, um, and they describe it a bit like an IMAX cinema experience, complete with the sound and kind of a curved screen and everything. And I think we all know the like Dolby <laughs> surround sound thing that kicks in there. Uh, but they decide to scry on Heron, which I think was an amazing idea um, because mm-hmm. they are effectively able to see that Heron is looking panicked and is doing some scrying of his own on his own house. Um, essentially, we believe, looking to see when the Fate Mart 5 would arrive, what they would be doing, in what condition, like what they would have with them. I'm guessing so that they can pounce or trap them or 
get information from them in some way but it, it's it's kind of um it's insinuated that they were able to do this without being detected so all of the stuff that they did in the house has not been picked up yet whether they know that they've taken all this money at this point is unknown mm. but the panic is there already uh and we find out that heron is chatting to Pellegree, who has clearly uh managed to escape um from chargate hall i'm wondering if giggles was able to do this um maybe yeah. if they escape from the hallway because yeah I, I just feel like oh that's with the face also of that thing... being dead and her already being down there they need the amulet to get below the stairs that she must have survived but there's also that thing where if they die their bodies get teleported away isn't it true so if giggles drowned their body might just get teleported away and they might be revived because that seems yeah. to be what happens with the children. But then how it. would they get back below Chargate Hall to free Pellegrini? Unless it drowned the entire downstairs area, which is possible. It's a lake. Uh, if that went up the stairs and along the corridor, could have easily got to those chambers and drowned everything down there. Um, That's true. Yeah, I guess we'll find out about that when they're or able Pellegrini's to... got an alternative means of escape. True. More yeah. like high level magic because they are yeah shady i mean maybe they just let him go you never know yeah sure that sounds normal sounds very consortium like (laughs) that sounds plausible and normal and i'm sure there'd be a really weird reason why they do that (laughs) slap on the wrist and off you go that's all right get back to the surface (laughs) there was one weird moment with this scrying that i kind of i want to ask your opinion on um it's kind of david makes a point of saying that mm-hmm. right before the scrying cuts out, Heron looks at the image of Kieda, which we know is a major image at this point, and tilts his head. And I was wondering why. Like, I would have thought that that was some kind of trap that Heron set up. But if he's tilting his head, that implies that he's quizzical or confused about it. So, yeah, my, my thoughts were, why do you think that is? Mm. That's a... Interesting point. So yeah, because obviously we couldn't find out who'd conjured the image. That was like, yeah. we know it's there and we know it exists, but we don't know who made it. Yeah. And we know that Kierda oh. does illusion magic, but supposedly he's gone south. So was this? What, what's the name of the the chef with the potatoes? Uh, the like was it was it uh, them that did it? It just yeah, I I was a little bit confused by that bit. Um, or whether he's tilting his head because he's like, oh, I would have thought that would work, that they'd go and chat to them. Yeah, I just thought it was, a, it was an interesting moment, like why you mentioned the, the tilting of the head there. Um, yeah, because yeah, wasn't... it's either he's tilted the head because he thinks, ha, huh, why is this person here? I thought they were going south. Or in the case of they've, like, Heron's conjured the image, ha, huh, that's weird, there's no one with him. Like, I thought they'd be in the living room, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wasn't it... sure whether to read it, like... Heron's like, hmm, that's weird. Or whether to read it like, ooh, you know when someone has an idea ooh, and they're like, yeah, ooh. That's and the image of Kierda maybe like sparking an idea for him, like yeah. perhaps I have another pawn in this game kind of thing. Like I wasn't sure if it was that kind of head tilt or whether it was more like a quizzical, what's this thing doing here? Or like, Huh, mm. it's weird that this didn't work. Like, yeah. So ambiguous. Yeah, actually. It would fair, make though, sense that, that he's that planning his next move, though. Yeah. That, yeah. He's very much, well, we're learning 
an ideas kind of person and a leader. Mm. Um, I mean, if he, he managed to get the Fate Mark V on his side without really giving any evidence as to why they should, um, just because he was against the patriarchy, I guess, or working against them <laughs> while also on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> crazy times. Um, anyways, so there, 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 there is a little bit of extra conversation I kind of wanted to draw. That is, is it, Do the consortium know everything that Pellegrino knows or is he t- uh, talking about the lads um, when he said about, you know, they, they've been in my head, they know everything. Um, the, the group talk about this as well, but we, we don't really know whether Pellegrino's talking about them or about the consortium. Um, or whether he was able to kind of keep that stuff back and and will that stuff with the consortium do know about it? Will it go to all of the consortium or is this just going to be kept with like Access and Wingthrop and Chargelt herself? Yeah, I guess I guess we're going to find out that information as we go on. Um, yeah, they, they also point out in this uh, more key bits of information that seats of power or points of interest seem to be built up around these henges. Uh, as they pinpoint where they are in the country, like uh, Kral's Tower, uh, like the throne itself seems to be near this one uh, that's in the uh, Felosian Hills, because uh, I believe that's quite close to Mervi. Um, there, there's definitely one, as they said, in the Wingthrop facility or around that area, whether it be the artificial one or one that, that is man-made. Uh, and now they've made one in Fallus Vale as well. So it just seems to be wherever there are things happening, they're now building... Yeah, points of interest. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then Someone... finally, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end this episode. We'll, we'll chat about all these things, but uh, the the kind of the big thing that leads into the next episode uh, is the after a few kind of a bit of conversation that involved a lot of Enkidu style hand gestures. Uh, <laughs> the party then decide that it's probably fine uh, to open up the bell jar and yes. release the ghostly bust. Of Petragranius. Yes! Yes! What an episode. We love Petragranius. Oh my god. Finally, Petra. Finally, Petra. Oh, Pet. (laughs) Brilliant. I love Petragranius and her fixation with Gaius. I know. know. Uh, It had to happen, though. I was like, someone's got to. Because I was like thinking back through a lot of episodes and I was like, there's been moments where people have floated with Guy, but this is like the most direct mm-hmm. one. And I was like, yes, finally, Bard is doing Bard things. Let's go. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I was it's curious so if, was this, was this the episode where they floated a theory of like ley lines or drawing yes. lines between yeah, the hinges? Yes. And they seem to abandon that reasonably quickly, but I don't know if they should have done because I'm really curious about that. Uh, there could be more is the thing there could be more henges and then once you get that full picture you realize like it spans everywhere but yeah yeah, i mean these points of power being built close to the henges they build those kind of things on ley lines they would you know or places where you know magical conduits um Mm -hmm. just it just begs that question of what the hell do these henges do Mm. is there any significance to how many uh columns there are you know is it all the different schools of magic is it relating to the amount of henges that there are like when you build a new henge do you have to build an additional column like yeah i've just yeah um damn questions <laughs> and it's always the way there were many henge questions i think in the following episode i think they they asked petra quite a few questions about henges didn't they 
Yeah. Yes, they definitely did. Like, yes, moving on to the Petrogranis episode, Unbodied yeah, let's 72. Let's go. Oh, hell um, yeah. I love the fact my first point on this episode was just in brackets, got rich. Because um, obviously we found out the total sum of all the money they got. So I was like, yeah, got rich. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Petrogranius, we love, well, I love Petrogranius from the start, but we'll, we'll delve more into them as a person. But it just seems like she just kind of wants her body back. That was kind of how they ended the last mm. episode and started the next one of like, uh, let's kill her and give me my body back. Yep, that'd be great. Thank you. Stab her um, multiple times. Yes. It was just the lovely, innocent voice. And then every yeah. now and again of just like, oh, and I just want to murder her and stab her in the back. And I was like, oh, okay, you're a little bit psychotic. Okay good it was a bit concerning i will say i mean being um, trapped in a jar yeah. for 30 odd years 35 yeah, years. probably yeah. might might do it push you slightly towards the to edge be a bit murderous yeah. <laughs> especially getting the whole response but they kind of went into detail of how they got put in the jar and the idea that they were sponsored uh, sponsored by sabine and then they were going to join the high circle and then it was like oh hey i've got this important thing to do downstairs why don't you yeah. just follow me and then suddenly She's in a jar. Um, and then what I can assume is that she's in the jar, but can also see what's happening around her as well. So it's still very much way, aware yeah. of people coming in and out and like hearing names because when questioned about like, oh, what names did you hear and what things did you hear? There was a lot of talk about Hastan and then yeah. like Erida and even the Wingthrops being involved as well. There was a lot of bringing all those characters back into it. So we can only assume that all of the founding members are kind of involved on this. And this is very much just like uh, all the problems at the top and people just dragging everyone into it, which is not good. Um, and then also got a little bit about in, into her background as well. Like, I think she knows more about the Henges as well. Yeah. I, like, she didn't um, place 100%. a lot of significance on them. And I think that is more suspicious because she kind of dismissed it as a, as a thing, you know. Because she was in the High Council or going towards the High Council, there is definitely stuff that she knows because yeah. I feel like that is part of the training. Even if it was sold to her as something that was quite innocent, it you know, it is that. So I definitely think so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I feel with Petra, there was so much where she was really, really forthcoming, like really forthcoming in ways that were like very refreshing. And then at the same time, we all knew that there was a lot of stuff she was also not saying on purpose. Yes. Definitely. And it was, no, I, yeah. It was again one of those, how much can we trust you, ghost jar person? <laughs> like, Which how much can we trust a spirit who's been <laughs> trapped in a jar? Quite a lot, to be fair. Um, yeah. They, they put quite a lot of trust in her, I, I'd wager. And I don't know if that comes from a point of, we need to trust somebody at this point and this person has information. The only way to get information from them is to give the information that we have. Mm. I think there was a lot of that that played into it, but there was also a kind of, I don't know. I feel like they were quite enjoying just divulging bits of information, particularly when they realized like, ah, oh, we kind of have to say a little bit more about the henges now. And then the floodgates just opened and they were very, very 
open about everything you know talking about I mean um, yeah the notes on the table as well like literally inviting her over to look at them as well and but I I kind of agree with you they had to believe in someone and Juna especially brought it up I don't know the exact kind of line but it was something of oh I think our ideals are lined up and our goals are pretty similar yeah and Gaius questioned it and was like yeah but are they yeah but are they but Juna seems to kind of agree with the idea of if we get Petrogranius back in her body that will actually further our goals and help us more so because of that that meant that they kind of lent in more to trust her and especially like Orin kind of gathering the notes and then learning more because of that this yeah. beautiful 26 role even though he scored like an 8 or something yeah, I, oh, I just don't I don't understand the maths <laughs> oh, is not there but here eight. we are I'm just gonna bump that up to a cool 26 what <laughs> oh not very good guys sorry yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like it was like, oh it's not a great role. Is it is it not a great role? Is it mm, I have to disagree there. Uh, but yeah, Orin knew exactly what he was doing. He's so smart. But I think they kind of figured out from that that they are trying to create like a movable henge and a portable henge. Yes. So the idea of trying to recreate them, so obviously like the kind of Jurassic Park like dummy subject thing, but then also create a version that is transportable, which could bring with it a number of different things especially if we're drawing from stuff like the ley lines and whatever if they're opening up stuff or their gates and they're holding things back if you suddenly move that away to a new location what like what can that possibly do in terms of like transporting it across the whole blooming continent because i'm I'm gonna be honest that there's there's a little bit of like okay so i i wonder how influenced david is by things like hercules as in the Disney film. And if you haven't seen it, really sorry, spoiler alert, um, but it's very <laughs> old and you should have seen it because it's brilliant. If you haven't um, seen it, where have you been? But there's titans in that as well and they are held in a vault. Um, yeah. it, it's in the song, like those titans in a vault. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a henge could easily be a circular kind of prison for something like titans. And yes, like if you move the, the gate... Uh, that is is keeping these things locked up. Can you potentially release them? Do you fuck up the magical flow and well, everything opens? That's a very good point. Yeah, good good questions. Also, makes a lot more sense of the note. Servelt's ritual impossible if stones are immovable. How to mm. deploy quickly? Right, makes mm-hmm. makes that make a lot more sense. They're trying to make them portable stones to do something with Servelt's ritual. Um, and yeah, I also wonder how much the Greek mythology, classical mythology plays into it. The idea of these titans being caged and then will they be unleashed? Definitely. I just hope if yeah. they are, it- the, the gospels will turn up and, and sing some songs. I don't oh, know the music. Them away. Yeah. I mean, David's got the music down, but you know, we just, <laughs> we oh, just need some soulful fair, voices. The music in this episode was gorgeous as well. Yeah. Every time like Petrogonis did something, it was just that right level of like fascinating, but eerie. I loved it. Yeah. I was just like, oh, just replay that bit again. That was really nice. I really enjoyed that. I was thinking more along the lines of the Witcher though. That was my thought. Like I get the Hercules reference completely, but like the Witcher where obviously they have the kind of gaps where all these monsters are coming through and then, yeah. you know, all the things shattering and that brings them out that's that's what i was thinking the idea of like if we move this thing and we move this structure away things are gonna things are gonna pile through things are gonna Mm. get in and especially if you're creating artificial ones 
So you're trying to place like artificial hinges on top of the natural ones. How much is that going to mess with it as well? Like it, it is a really interesting thought to think that if they do manage to succeed and they do manage to move these hinges, what that could potentially bring. It, it brings you back to that Jurassic Park quote of like, well, you know, nobody asked whether we should. Um, when mm-hmm. you have absolute power and information and kind of progression is your goal, like where does that end? Which, what lines do you cross, lay lines do you cross yeah. to get to that <laughs> yeah. goal? And like, yeah. you can't know every outcome. And, it, and clearly it, from the notes, they don't know what they're doing, really. Yeah. And it also really made me think about um, that, sort of more classic D&D lore with sort of like how lots of the demon lords are kept at bay in mm. the abyss you know people like Demogorgon uh or Zuktmoy or you know all the all the scary demons and we know there's sort of like demonologist type involvement going yeah. on something going on there yes so this was it, entirely my linkage because Hastan is obviously an occultist or like that's the, that's what he specializes in, occult demonologist magic. Yeah. Why would you need to have a specialism if that, if you're not going to tackle really scary monsters? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Is there something about unleashing demons from the abyss? Is David also inspired by that classic yeah. D&D structure? I don't like... Is it a combination of all of the things we've just said? <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping this guy is like like Constantine. Um, you know, it's just that kind of like, you, you know, I, I'm able to deal with these things, but I fucking hate doing it and my soul is damned kind of thing. I'd love it if that's, the, if that's Hastan's character. Uh, that I'd would actually that. be quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already have possession and ghosts, you know, this is just turning into supernatural at this point. Like, we might yeah. as well just bring in a load of demons as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just tick the checkbox of things. <laughs> Castiel turns up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? This is, we'll just bring in everyone. Just everyone from every pop culture thing ever. Just bring it all in. We've yeah, got Hercules. Sandman and... in there. Why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Dream that turns funny. up. Ugh. But the thing is that obviously the whole point of this is, is like, it might not be the case, but there's this kind of implica- uh, implication that they're trying to bring back Rumaf. So obviously... This idea of them surviving for so long is the idea of like maybe that's because they want to bring out Rumath and bring him back into it and figure out a way to bring him and get sort of reincarnate him as well. And I think the main thing is like, what is this ritual? Obviously, no one could understand yeah. this kind of symbol and what it meant. And like Orin was kind of probing into like whether it could be transferred into an object. And this idea of like, no, there still has to be someone casting it. But obviously, the ritual can be carried in an object. You just need someone powerful enough to do it which is half the reason why I'm worried when, when Orin kind of goes away at the end. Yeah. Like, I mean, they what, did why need, does she need him? <laughs> I mean, they needed a convenient way of allowing Ben to go, to go on tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, I mean, there true. is that. But at I the mean, same they... time, you know David is going to milk that to his advantage. Yeah. 100%. And when does he come back? Like this, this is what I'm wondering. Like, how do you get him back at this point? They, they kind of believe Petra when she was saying that she would give him up at some point. You know, once she's achieved her goal, how long is it going to take to achieve her goal? You well, know, that's the thing. What there was all is these talks. 
about like well like summoning a priest and like getting the body and stabbing the body and all yeah. this kind of like really intense kind of like talk but it was all very vague ideas like Petrogranis had no idea it was going to work it was just like oh well I guess I'd do this like I don't know how to get mm. my body back so it's the idea of like what in the time like because obviously yes you know Ben is away sorry Ben have fun on tour but like <laughs> we need to what is like his journey in that meantime when we come back to it and when he returns to the party what is it that he has been used for is it because he's got like an arcane knowledge like that's going to further that story in that sense because he understood what was going on a lot more than the other party members anyway so in terms in terms of like who are you going to possess and take over probably the guy who's got the most knowledge on these symbols and has the most idea of how they're going to work and even if it is the case of like during this time she figures out how to use the tools that he's got like all of his goggles and all their abilities and then uses that to get closer to the body and then closer to getting that back you know because from what I've gathered it doesn't seem like Petra is on the same kind of goal as the others in the sense of there's no kind of like Erida vibe. I don't really get that kind of, you know, take over people and rule the world kind of vibe. Like, but it does make me wonder that once she has got her body back, what is her plan? Mm. Because she was always going to be on the high council or the like at the high circle, sorry. And then that was it. So what, actually are her goals because we th- there was all these questions about where she's been and what she's been up to and like who she knows and what name she's heard but there's no aside from i want my body back yeah there and was no discussion clearly, over what she wants she's powerful right yeah you know, if she's able to just mm-hmm. cast and i think she insinuates that she can cast teleport as many times as they need and i don't yeah. know if that was a cryptic way of her saying i'm only doing it once because that's mm-hmm. all i need to get you there um or whether she's able to cast it multiple times. Teleportations, it's a seventh level spell. Like, you know, so she has like level eight, level nine, you know, this is purely from a meta standpoint, you know, does she have level nine spell casting abilities that she's able to cast this three times? Also, I found it a little bit sad, actually, that Orin was like, oh, I've always wanted to teleport. And then he doesn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether she's then teleporting as Orin somewhere else. Or whether he just doesn't get to and has been possessed, <laughs> just, which just seems a bit harsh. He never achieves his goal. Yeah, yeah. Even after all those cute messages to everyone and being like, oh, "I hope you're okay. I hope yeah. you're okay." And, and she carrying Aggie around with anywhere. her. I don't know. Oh, oh my don't, gosh! Yeah. Don't split him up from Aggie. Don't split the party well, goose. <laughs> they said that he would carry the goose, right? They yeah. said he was going to carry her. Yeah. Oh my god! They've taken the goose. I think that's that is the thing as well. Is like. As you said, we know what Petra's goals are now, but there isn't much information about the type of person Petragranius was before the body before snatching yeah. and what mm-hmm. their original desires were. Like, why would they want to be in the high circle? Were they wanting to affect positive change in the world? Like, what's their, what's their worldview? We don't well, know. Were they, yeah, were they planning to follow the way of the world because it meant that they were getting power and you know respect and status yeah which kind of sounds like the track that she was on however like you say hannah she doesn't sound she doesn't sound like she's got evil purposes and i don't know if that's just a, a clever way of like the way that she was talking to these guys but when david was saying that she is terrified of what the arcanists are doing with the henges and what they could do with the henges 
that gave me a little bit of hope of like, well, at least her goal might be aligned with the party to an extent. Um, and that maybe Orin is in relatively safe hands. You would have thought like if, yeah. if they're looking for a way to let Orin uh, or let Ben go to America without his character <laughs> dying through being with the party, that he wouldn't then give it to somebody that's going to massacre the body. I just wonder what state he, he's going to be in when he gets back and whether he remembers any of this journey. Yeah, or is it going to be like a men in black mind wipe situation? Could be Ooh. interesting if he comes back and he's like, you know, part arcanist, part wizard, you know, because he's now got wizard abilities. Or is he going to be like Enkidu? And yeah. is he going to have other people inside him? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> he's got all of the dispossessed bodies that Chargelt uh, has given up. They're just oh all Sabine's god. in there. They're all in there. <laughs> he's just like all of the potential high circle members from the past oh my god he'd be so powerful he'd be so that powerful be ridiculous that would be a hilarious moment though if like orin came back and was just talking normally and then it was like are you okay and then all of a sudden he just does something really badass and everyone's like sorry you yeah what that th- this isn't the orin we know how where did what <laughs> yeah what if he can <laughs> like switch Leo between being like I know kung fu. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, but like, because she yes. insinuates, doesn't she, that that she can use her own energy to cast the spells. She's not going to take anything from Orin. All she needed was his intelligence, which makes me think it, it could be a really interesting thing if Orin's character. There's Orin's character sheet, and there's then Petra Granis's character sheet, and they could flip between the two because they'd have <gasps> potentially the same HP. But suddenly, like, all of the Arcanist abilities and then access to 7th level spells. Oh, my God. Whenever you want them. How cool would that be? That would be amazing. Amazing. It's so amazing. I'm here for that. But that's the thing as well. Like, Petra didn't even react badly to the fact that the Hex was kind of aligned with the Consortium. It was kind of just like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, sometimes we need to find things out about in the criminal underworld why wouldn't we turn to the people who are part of that? So yeah. because of that, like, I think she's not exhibiting any, like, specific light or dark moments. Like, yeah, definitely the terrified bit, I agree, made me think, right, she's not, like, going to turn around and be like, no, it's a good thing that people are getting possessed. This yeah. is great. So, but there's that definitely that acceptance of... Fact, of wasn't it? Yeah, that- there's that acceptance of sometimes dark things need to happen in yeah. order for the light to go on, which I think is half the reason why she was like, yeah, it's fine if I possess Oren's body because I need it to do this better thing. Mm. So, you know. And it, it did feel like that moment was very much like, look, we're not perfect. You know, if we want to keep the peace as much as possible, it makes sense for us to have a positive relationship with the Hex so that we can keep tabs on what's going on as yeah. opposed mm. to so that we can really milk it for our personal gain. Yeah, it's still a bit... Yeah. It's still not entirely comfortable. The party basically need to go to a hex hideout and see if they can find any more of those lots um because that went so well last time yeah (laughs) maybe with more than just one person from the party might be good they got a fair bit of information it it was not i mean they had to burn they had to burn a city to the ground but you know they (laughs) they got they got a bit of information on they found out about rings before all of that happened so yeah, oh, but God. now Enkidu's friend has potentially sent a message out as well. So that yeah. was yeah, yeah, oh my God, God about yeah. that. Yeah, That's I was thinking about that message, didn't he? Oh mm-hmm. no, 
What it could be think? to anyone. Oh, it could say anything. Yes. And oh we God. will not know until David wants us to know. I mean, I'm hoping it said something like, I'm in the body of this person, they're in Fallos Vale. Because now they are so far away from Fallos Vale that it's no longer a problem. But who were they writing to? Who does somebody like Alcibiades trust? Who do they know? Aid them. Well, they probably know a hell of, hell of a lot of people. Well, that's of that's of what they were saying. People. They know a lot of people because yeah. when they, when Enkidu was talking to Henna, it was just like we don't know. It could literally be anyone. Like I'll try and get some information, but like no also, idea. Do you reckon you can do drawings on this piece of paper? Like we know that it sends messages. Can you do an image of a person and say like? I... Be on the lookout for this person. Get Just a little doodle of Enkidu, like yeah. this yeah. guy. <laughs> I honestly he's quite distinctive. Whatever you draw on that paper will appear wherever is the impression that I got. Yeah. So So it 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 could be a drawing. It doesn't have to be words then by that logic. Yep. Yeah. There, there was also I... kind of um you know, I, I love the the callback as well to like the fact that you write on these things and they'll turn up wherever, kind of like, you know, they were saying about the Rose family, it was on the, the, <laughs> the ceiling, ceiling and then the floor above oh, yeah. because she wrote on the back of it. And I think um uh oh, what's the name? Uh Orin's friend in the Woden Isles. Um something something wig. Um Ah! Oh, uh, ah. Eliwick. 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 Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, well done. How it was like on the toilet oh, roll. That was such a cute as moment. they were as they were on the toilet, so it turned up on the toilet roll. I love that like little bit of uh, information. But yeah, where where is this message now? And is it like permanent? Will the party at some point pass a thing and it's like written on a wall somewhere? Um, that would be interesting. Just a little oh a little God. drawing of Enkidu being like, "Oh, why are you on this wall? That's yeah. weird." <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, they they uh, never get my nose right. The more <laughs> I think about it, the less I'm convinced that Rumath is dead. Mm-hmm. I uh, think he's Gilgamesh. Yeah. I think he's in there. Or oh, he's Lord Berrien. Uh, and, he's you know, is... somewhere. He's. I don't think he's going to be resurrected. I think it's much more of a body switch situation because there's so much of that going on between mm. so, everyone's doing body switching just in very different ways one's yeah. in a big tunnel in like a steampunk style factory oh the God, other ones so with some obelisks you could do it <laughs> yep just so many ways to take someone's body Woo. like one of them went to lich them you know in order to stay alive you know crowd oh lived yeah has lived this long because he you know took magical uh magical ways of doing it erida recreated a bunch of bodies you know it sounds like chargelt is doing a version of this yeah yeah it's it's pretty crazy um i, I wouldn't be surprised if they're all still kicking about do you want to go with like necromancy mm. do you want to go with robots do you want to go with possession it's like <laughs> shoot pick your poison really for the for the way you would like to gain a new body so i'm sure there are multiple ways that other people have done it as well that we haven't encountered yet yeah i mean they did i think they mentioned in this is it petrogranius says something about the, the previous king had a blood clot in their brain and i was just wondering yes. do, you, do you reckon that's the cause of this madness that they all have that or a, a byproduct yes lord of, of lord udrian was what i wrote lord down. Udrian, lord udrian. that's it and that yeah. was it yeah the kind of like um and like the kind of, yeah, sort of like you said, the split personality thing and then, yeah, finding a blood clot when they died. And then obviously there was that kind of implication of like, oh, was there anyone that checked that was an arcanist? And apparently it wasn't. 
So maybe there isn't that kind of magical tampering involved. So yeah. It could just, just be an internal thing. So in that case, yeah, that does line up. Oh, God. What a world David has created, right? I, I mean, it's that just we're able so much. To, that we've got all of this information and yet feel like we're missing those key links because there are, uh, there are so many possibilities and all of them, all of them are horrible yep. in the best yes. way. <laughs> yep. And no, there's definitely. also all the opposite possibilities because there's every chance we could be completely wrong. Oh, yeah. I hope I am. Yeah. I hope it's something that I haven't even thought of. Um, <laughs> Just listen definitely. to this in a month's time and be like, oh, how wrong I was when I said this. Yeah. <laughs> how psychic are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, Hercules didn't happen, so you know I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I know, right? I'm hoping that a satyr is going to turn up at some point with Enkidu and be like, "We're going to turn you into a hero, mate." <laughs> well, they've got to have a musical episode, you know. Every every good show has the musical <laughs> yeah, episode, so true. you know, come on, guys. <laughs> that's true. They haven't jumped the shark yet. They've got to. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that one. They're, they're all very good singers as well, so I reckon it's going to be yeah. quite top top tier. Yeah. That's true, oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, David, a special request for the musical episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Episode seventy-five, the musical one. <laughs> oh my because god! Because the super they fans do that for episode hundred. That would be pretty special. <gasps> yes. And that's enough time for them to kind of write the music as well. You know, yeah. let's 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 not say the next episode. Be nice. Like, give them give them at least thirty or forty. <laughs> Is it a bit mad that we're actually not that far away from episode 100 now? I know, I know we've, you know, episode 50 seems like a while ago, but actually it, it's covered probably with the next year. Wow. Uh, That's well, it's good, isn't it? Will oh we know what's gosh. happening by the 100th episode? Uh, no, doubt it. We'll, we'll still <laughs> no, be guessing. never. In the best way. Absolutely um, not. We're still drawing back from Crowl. Like there is no way we're going to know mm. anything by then. <laughs> No, yeah, I think Hannah's right. I need to go back and listen to the Tillisham episodes again. Mm, yeah, um, or at too. least open this up to the other super fans. Like, I wonder if we need like a theory tab. We've got <gasps> the spoiler tab on the Discord. I think we need a theory one where we can literally be like, what does this harken back to? Because I know we've got new listeners that are coming through Ooh. chatting about things that happened earlier and like their favorite moments and stuff. We they, need... they will have other ideas. And I think, I think we probably need to get this conversation Guys, going. Guys, we need basically a google doc or uh -huh. some kind of shared like a jam board which is basically our big board with all the red strings that guys mentioned actually and in this last could, episode we <laughs> could all yeah. contribute to it i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it happen yeah. let's do it there uh, get ready everybody there will be an open <laughs> access google jam board that will just be <laughs> our murder wall covered in red string Super little, fans little unite. Plug, join the Discord. Join the yeah, Patreon. Yeah. There Hell we go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to join these things, you know? Like, ugh, so good. <laughs> Should oh, we? Guys, um... I, th I think, do we want to do favorite moments? Oh, um, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, That's exactly sorry, what I was going to say. <laughs> no, you know no, no, we're on a wave. Hey. Retcon. <laughs> no, no, it was like, it was like <laughs> super fan sync mentally super fancy <laughs> shall we shall we say it together like you know the whole I, oh, <laughs> no. no we Wait. all know how that goes it's not three it's never good. two one favorite i didn't even say the whole that word. was horrifying <laughs> how about you guys what, what, what are your favorite moments God, do you want to jump in hannah oh look oh me um okay oh 
<sighs> there were so many good ones. Um, I'd say, for, no, for me, it was Oren rolling the, the eight that turned into the 26 mm. and then them kind of looking at the papers together, just that kind of moment of everything kind of coming in and like Oren like coming into his own. I don't know why that just really like, it just resonated really nicely with me of like, oh, Oren knows what he's doing and like he's figured it out and like they're so close to the answers. Like I think that, yeah. that really was a good bit for me. Oh, if you'd yeah. rolled a 10, oh, oh <laughs> think where I they'd know. be. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like just enough, you know, I think yeah. because it was such a, because it was like, you know a lot, but not quite everything that kind of helped because then you were left with that thing of like, this symbol can mean so much. And that to me was just like, yes, I want to know what the symbol is right now. Like, tell me everything. So yeah, that was what Well, we'll have to wait till he gets back from America, I guess. I know, damn it. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back with symbols. <laughs> <laughs> Scrawled all over him, like drawn on, like, ah, I know everything. How about you, uh, Hannah T, Super Han? Uh, I am perpetually attracted by new shiny things. So I think the hint or the lead on stuff being in Orkosh and that mm-hmm. being a reason to go towards a new place was so exciting. And obviously with Enkidu and Juna and with... Orin and Gaius there's a lot of like very close involvement of their backstories and actually having an even bigger tie-in for Gwen to the bigger picture was I was so excited I was like oh my gosh no one's getting away with this she's not just got this you know family who just make kind of really cool security systems for wealthy people and that's the the limit of her involvement no there is something going on with her orkosh side that yeah. is so mysterious and this whole thing about carhilda just like oh my gosh i i can't wait to see where that goes <laughs> Got some chills and i mean it harkens back to the first time they found a henge as well when they were yep. talking about orkosh then yep and i was like that would be somewhere cool to visit in the future. But I yep. think you're right. It's It's got to be coming. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. have a teleporting wizard to keep them uh, it was moving like, on that journey. <laughs> it was like, nudge, nudge, nudge. Just mm. over here, just a little bit. <laughs> like, by the way, it's, it's like, you know when you're playing a massive open world RPG and suddenly you just like open up this other part of the map and you're like, oh, crap. This is overwhelming, but so exciting. I'm going to go over here immediately. Uh, But then you... It's finally buffered and you're like, oh my God, I'm here. I made it. Yeah. 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 Loading new worlds. You don't have any quest markers yet, but you can see, you can see there's stuff. But -hmm. what it will take to get there as well, like if there's still war going on between Mm. the people of Dravain and Orkosh, like I I love, yeah, I love the idea of that. These are going to be really tricky, tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They have a. Do you have a? Do you, you? Oh my god! You'd need a green card, of course. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That's why they haven't got one yet. Uh, well, they can forge permits now. They'll be fine. That's true. The dad jokes are starting, <laughs> Sam. The dad jokes. Oh, uh, they've been with me for some time. That one. I know, was bad, but though. now you have full permission. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my favorite moment in all of this. Uh, yeah. I actually I actually had a couple but the, the second one's kind of silly. Uh, the first one, my actual favourite thing, uh, was the return to Heron's house and, like, all the spookiness mm. of, like, 
it being dark and think you know people have left in a hurry like the image of kirda it it really like creeps me out of like this is this is bad they know already um and then the the discovery of the loot and just the the peak for me that that was a peak gaius episode yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, as soon true. as he found out about the money it just playing it off so co- i just loved that that whole moment it, it made me so happy um and then my other favourite part came in that episode as well, which uh, because they were all recording together, which was the nose fart. Uh, oh, we got the nose fart! We uh, didn't even mention with that. Vicky, Vicky oh. doing like a little sneeze or something, and it just sounded like a little fart. Just hearing them all, hearing them all laugh their heads off was, was pure so joy. cute. That was pure so joy. That's I'm so glad that's they left like, that in. Yeah, that's a, like <laughs> classic. D and D silliness on both counts. Like when the party suddenly go, this is very out of character for us. We're just going to loot the hell out of this space yep. because we can. Yeah, and then the just fart jokes. It's yeah, pretty <laughs> we're going to loot this building. We're going to make a fart joke. We're covering all bases, <laughs> all audiences at this point. <laughs> Perfect. Everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No Small Roles, a podcast made for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the tagline. We'll put that on there. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. Done. Why not? The new dis- Discord. Okay, take that, take that recording. There you yeah. go. You can use it for all your trailer needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, we've, we've massively overrun, uh, but I guess there was a lot to talk about. Yeah. There was a lot. That's what happens when you make all the yeah. lore and all the episodes. I know. I would say, can you spread it out, please? Yeah, yeah. But don't. It, I love keep it. it. Keep it coming. Spilling in. <laughs> let's find more. Now that they're in the mm-hmm. um, Twain Tide, let's just have this to being law yes, central. Yes, the tea yeah. fields. I bet it's just going to be spoons <laughs> again. I bet we're going to get more spoons. More spoons! <gasps> to be yes! honest, that's gonna, that guys, would be really fun. I would not guys, be mad at thought, that. They're in Twain Tide. They are in the tea fields. They no longer have a teapot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no! Gene's oh gonna God. be devastated. Oh no! Oh well, they've got oh loads of money. God. Maybe they can buy a new one. Oh, she's got to buy a new one. She they could buy a new Warren if they to. want. It's part oh. of her personality. No, no, wait, <laughs> hold on. Oh God! <laughs> wait, hold on. They just get a pair of goggles and like a fake <laughs> leg and go. Oh, that'll do. There we go. <laughs> It's all right, guys. We've got one. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Oh, this has Incredible. been utterly delightful. It's good to be back. This has been great. I've enjoyed coming back, and I'm glad also to fi- wrap this all up. Lord Crumpet, the horse is not dead, Hell and I yeah. will take that. I will take because I was listening the whole time, thinking the horse is going to die. The ho- I'm, I'm, my namesake is going to die. Lord Crumpet lives. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> And that's Lord it. That's all I'm getting. The hex lives. said they all had to be I out of the it. city, so you know they're not out of the city yet. The hex might come yeah. after them. <clears throat> oh. The party finds some glue. That's true. At least they can make a quick getaway on the horses. Hey, well, yeah, guy said he was going to turn them into glue, and I was like, ah, excuse you, I've made it this far. But he far. went after Pippa, <laughs> to be fair, so it's fine. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. I escaped uh, criticism. <laughs> Incurring the wrath of the super fans. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> well, this yeah, has I'm been really fantastic. Thank you both so much. Oh, thank this you guys. This has been great. 
I can't wait for I just yeah. can't wait for the next few episodes and hopefully we can do this again. Yeah. ASAP. Yes. Definitely. Fab. And thank you to everybody else for listening and listening to our ramblings. Obviously, like we said, we might have a potential theory, um, yeah. Google Doc or whatever in the Discord. So if you're not on the Patreon, join the Patreon and then you can leave all of your juicy theories there as well, yeah, which would be great. Do. Yes, and you get the episodes a bit earlier too. Mm-hmm. And also, if there's, things, if there's things you think we've missed, chuck them in the super fan page because uh, we want to we want to be drawn to the uh, that that drawn to our attention as well we need knowledge absolutely. please do anything we've missed definitely <laughs> absolutely how are we signing this off then are we are we doing an anon or i don't know how we would sign off now it's been such a such a long time the brews and the pews have been uh, brews and the pews <laughs> all, all, all of that has been yeah i think it's a non for now now i think, it, I think a it's non for now. a non for now now Okay, shall I shall I lead then? I'll start. I'll, it, lead, yeah. I'll lead. Right. Okay. Anon for now.